You're listening to What She Said, a podcast about blogging, creativity, and life online, hosted by me, Lucy Lucraft, a freelance journalist and blogger based in Brighton. If you've ever listened to the podcast before, you'll have heard me mention the Blogger Course, and for good reason too. Monica Stock created the Travel Hack back in 2009, and since then she's become one of the most respected travel bloggers in the UK, if not the world. She's worked with a gazillion brands, and she even has her own suitcase, which is amazing, by the way. Over a series of weeks, Monica shares tips on creating video content, branding, writing, and the dreaded niche. (laughs) In fact, this was such a game changer of a chapter for me that I went from thinking I was just a travel blogger to knowing that I am something completely different and that I have a super tight niche. It really, really changed my blogging life. The course isn't the only thing that you'll get as all chapters are available for audio download and when you join you become a member of the private blogger course Facebook group where members share tips, tricks and opportunities too. Monica also gave members of the course the chance to join her on a press trip with Wow Trip um, and there's more to come so it's a good chance for newer bloggers to work on a press trip. If you want to sign up head to thebloggercourse.com today and get 20% off with the code what she said. That's 20% off with the code what she said. Hi Anna welcome to the podcast. Hi. How are you? V Gates? Uh, ooh. <laughs> I didn't know you speak German. Little surprise. Hi, uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm enjoying the sunshine. It's very warm here. Yeah. Um, it's very nice for considering that it's end of October. It's crazy how warm it is. I, I could know. sit outside on my balcony, uh, naked probably. That's how warm <laughs> it is right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're so I'm Austrian. Good. Yeah, well, I mean, we live on a hill, so uh, no one can actually see um, onto my balcony. So I I do that a lot. (laughs) Nice. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't like tan lines. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's the benefit, I suppose, of living out in like the countryside (laughs) where no one can see you. Yeah, it is. So for anybody who doesn't know who you are. Can you introduce yourself, tell us what you do, and yeah, just a little bit about your blogging journey? Yeah, I can. Um, So my name is Anna. (laughs) I'm 26. Uh, I was born and raised in Austria, as you already know now. Um, I started writing online, I think, in 2015. Um, Yeah, I think in 2015, I went uh, on a trip with my mum uh, to Uganda and Dubai and that was such a crazy experience those two countries right after each other mm. that I really felt the need to kind of because I had a I had a travel journal with me and I wrote down a lot of my thoughts but I just always felt that need to kind of share that with someone and I don't know I've, I've always been an introvert and uh, I, I just had a hard time actually talking about all of that with people in real life so I guess I just created a space online where I can share my thoughts and, and opinions because I have such a hard time doing that uh, offline sometimes and it just kind of just kind of snowballed from there I, I, I just started sharing pictures on Instagram and and I, I created a, a website and started writing longer articles and I met a couple of people that introduced me to the whole travel blogging world I guess because 
when I started out, I had no idea how any of that works. I didn't follow any bloggers. I didn't even know what a blogger is. Even though I wasn't that young, it was only three years ago, I just never really spend that much time on social media. So it was very new to me. And yeah, I met some people that were travel travel bloggers as well. And they just introduced me to yeah, lots of different things like how you approach businesses and how you get stuff for free and how you build a community. And all of that was very important for me for some reason mm-hmm. <laughs> in 2015. And, um, yeah, and then at one point it all changed and I think that's what we're going to talk about yeah. today. Because I met you, I think, in 2000 and well, I met you online in 2015, 2016. Yeah. When you were totally going through this, obviously I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. But you were, you're, you already had a big, um, really solid community on Instagram sharing yeah. beautiful travel photography. And then you started your blog and then you were doing some kind of press trips and, um, yeah some more kind of bloggery content while you were at university as well I should say and then and then suddenly it all changed so I'd love to hear about the experience before it changed and Mm -hmm. and why that led to you basically deleting your Instagram when you had like 30,000 followers or something yeah yeah well like I like I said, I, I when I started doing that, I had I had no idea how how all of this works. I just can for me it was all like a, a huge playground, and I loved writing. I've always loved writing, so it was a way for me to to get better at writing, to share my stuff online, to and I also liked the idea of of you know sharing my thoughts and opinions and then getting feedback. I I liked that because I never really experienced that in real life because I'm so shy (laughs) (laughs) that I just really enjoyed that feeling of, of putting stuff out there and then getting something back from it. And even when I had uh, the travel, the, the first Instagram account, the one that got big, I always tried to share stuff that was, um, like a little off the beaten path or like, not just, you know, like not just, I don't know, huge hotels and, and, and stuff that I wouldn't be able to afford anyway. I always tried to be authentic. But at one point I realized that I wasn't actually living my true self then because even though I thought and said I was being authentic online, I really wasn't. Because those people I met when I started out, they told me that, uh, I can work as a blogger and I can make money if I, if I use, um, bots, you know, to grow my account. And that's what I did when I started out. And I don't know if people know what that is, but, um, basically you, uh, you let a program run your profile for you and it likes other people's photos and it follows other people's accounts. So you just put in, um, I don't know, a similar account, like another travel blogger and and that program is going to follow their followers for you, hoping that they will follow you back. And that's how you grow your account. And I did that and it worked, you know, and I, I never I never really understood why that was 
as bad as I now know it is because I was so new to, to, to all of this. And I, I, I didn't really think about it because for me personally, it was cool. Cause I got to share stuff. I got people that looked at my photos that replied to my things. And it was not necessarily about, about me as a person, but just like the, the, the opinions I shared online. Um, 2015 was, was the year where lots of, lots of uh, refugees came into Austria and, and I went to the train station and, and, um, handed out food and stuff like that. So it was not necessarily about me as a person, but sharing that stuff with the world and, and stuff I'd seen on my travels and, I don't know. I, I always do uh, street art tours, for example, when I when I travel to cities, and they usually take you to to districts that are not as touristy as, or yeah, not touristy. Um, so I always tried to share things that I found more real and authentic. But at the same time, I was using this program to grow my account, and it took me so long to realize that what I was doing was just so wrong. And when I did realize that it took me another two or three months to make the decision to, to delete my account. But when I did realize that I, I just, it just felt wrong continuing it. Do you know what I mean? Cause yeah. I'd built up something with a very unethical method and it just felt wrong to profit from that. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, because it's so brave that you did that and and just said that's how I grew my account because I can count on one hand the amount of influencers who have admitted to it. Yeah. And either done what you did and deleted their account and started again because they feel uncomfortable with the with how unethical it is or they've just said, "Hey, I used bots and it's got me to where I am now." but I don't think that you should do it. Because I've heard people yeah. say that, which it's such an interesting viewpoint. You're so you're so brilliant to say it. That's why that's one of the reasons why I think you're so great. Because you really actually are living your truth. <laughs> there are so many people who probably even be listening to this podcast that have definitely thought about using bots and people who have used bots and have got to a big a place where their kind of vanity metrics look good to them and and wouldn't and maybe they don't do it anymore but they wouldn't delete their account and start again they're just yeah. do you know what I mean yeah yeah and it, I mean I, I think that the reason it was so easy for me was that uh this was never my job mm. Um, I did go on free press trips and I got sent some some cool stuff, but it was never my job. I was still a student. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to university every day. I wrote my essays. I took my exams and all of that. So that was my main job. University educating myself was my main job. And I studied uh, philosophy and it just <laughs> at one point it just all made sense. I was sitting in my ethics class and I was like, what, what I'm doing is so unethical. And I'm sitting here learning all of this, talking about, about all these things, but I'm not living them, you know? Mm. And, and be, I, I think for a lot of people that, that make their living, um, it's just not possible for them to, yeah. to delete their accounts now. I think it's good that they say that they've done it mm. and that they raise awareness. And I, 
I don't know if, if it's just because I don't follow these accounts anymore, but I feel like um, people are using less bots now than they did two years ago. Or, I don't know. I don't know. I can't really tell. It's difficult to tell, isn't it? Because when your view, yeah. like you say, when your viewpoint changes, you start moving away from following the, the type of people that might do that. I yeah. think it's still pretty rife in the travel blogging Maybe, industry yeah. for sure. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. Well, that's the thing. I don't really follow any travel bloggers anymore so I really don't know I've just completely uh, yeah taken myself out of of that of all of that because I think the the main thing I realized for myself was not only that using bots is unethical but also I don't want to be a blogger I don't want to be an influencer I when I started out I want it to be known as that if that makes sense like yeah. I like I like the idea of everything because obviously I, I'd seen other people do it and and um the, the guy that uh, became my friend he was he was a travel blogger too um and he always told me hey you can write you can do that too and I liked traveling I liked writing so why not why not share it online and if you can make money with it or if you can get free hotel stays from it that's wonderful. And that was my mindset back then. And then along the line, I always asked myself, all right, well, I'm staying here now and then I have to write about it. And does that make me feel any better? Like, is that a better way to travel than what I did two years ago when I just slept on some random person's couch? <laughs> it wasn't really like I was, it just, it just didn't make sense. It was even though I always thought I was authentic, I wasn't because I was still a student and I slept in hotels that uh, if I had paid for them, I would have had to pay over a hundred euros a night. And what kind of student can afford that? Mm. No one. And two years before that, I would just, if I traveled, I'd always couch surf and I met so many wonderful people through that. And yeah, I, I just realized that I am not living my true self. I am, I, I don't want to do this. I've never been the type of person that wants to, that wants everyone's attention. I don't need that. I don't want that. What I do want is, is I still want that space where I can share my thoughts with whoever wants to listen because I'm still a very opinionated person and I still like educating myself and educating other people. I mean, I, I am a teacher. So <laughs> I have a teaching degree, so I have I have this huge need to to educate others <laughs> constantly. <laughs> Actually, do you know what you've touched on something that I wanted to talk to you about? Because yeah, so one thing that I wanted to go back to was the fact that you. I love the fact that you point out. Yeah, okay. It it, it was actually it, you had you had a level of privilege in that blogging wasn't your full time job, so yeah. and Instagramming wasn't yeah. your full time job, and for other people it is harder. Yeah, yeah. But also, you're really really brilliant at being opinionated in a way that is that shows where you've come. So I remember you sharing something about how you used to feel about feminism oh yeah <laughs> and and you know that like for a lot of us maybe that's true that probably is true at some point we didn't always feel the same way about feminism mm. um 
but it sometimes it can feel a bit shameful admitting oh my god I, I thought that feminism was I would never call myself a feminist mm-hmm. yeah I think a big issue with those big topics like like feminism or, or zero waste or veganism or I don't know what all of these topics are so big and so meaningful that people are scared to share most people just share the final steps of 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 all of it like it's like climbing a mountain and you only share the picture when you're on the top you know but you had <laughs> to climb the entire thing and people are afraid to share that because it's not pretty it's exhausting and you're making yourself vulnerable so people don't want to share that online and especially when it comes to feminism i i it's again just being your true authentic self I'm not gonna lie and tell people that I've always been a feminist because I haven't when I was 17 or 18 uh, I grew up in a small I grew up in a small town and no one I know calls themselves a feminist I've, I've never even heard that word until I went to university that was when I was 17 and I remember I had a boyfriend back then and we, we, he, we used to make jokes about, about feminists and that they don't wear makeup and that they, uh, don't shave their legs and I don't know what, just joking around. And, and that was a part of me when I was 17. And I'm not going to deny that because it just shows how far I've come that that was how I, the 17 year old me was how I grew up, how I was socialized. And then everything from there was my work, was me reading books, was me picking the classes that taught me about about racism or feminism and stuff like that. And it is that's all all of that is my work. So I'm not gonna deny that that I'm not gonna deny where I came from because it just shows how far I've come. Yeah. I think that's and I, brilliant. And it also talks to how you a lot of us sometimes feel a bit frightened to share where we are right now in case in the future some we look back and cringe. Yeah. But, but you, you've got to do it, haven't you? Absolutely. I don't think you, I don't think you should be ashamed of that too, because the fact that you're willing to, to go on that journey already shows that you can make it to, to, to the top as well, you know? So the fact that you are interested in, in feminism or veganism or I don't know what, just shows or, or already shows that you're a good person, I guess. Because yeah. for a lot of people, it's I think they're just scared that they will receive uh, like really harsh and really mean comments online and that people will think that they're not good. I, I think it all comes down to feeling like you're not good enough because you don't have everything together yeah. and other people pointing that out to you. But you also have to remember that everyone is different. And like I said, like if I had grown up in a, I grew up raised by a single mom and she is the most feminist person I know without calling herself a feminist. And if you talk to her about feminism, she's always going to say, oh, I don't care about that. But what she lives is feminism. So that's, that's where I come from. I don't, I didn't understand or fully understand the word until I learned about it at university. Maybe other people grew up differently. Maybe other uh, people or other people's parents already spoke to them about it when they were younger. So they already made some huge steps when they were, when they were younger. And I think you just can't compare yourself to others when it comes to that. 
And as someone who who has done all the work and who has educated themselves, what you can do is give others a hand and, and help them and not be discouraging or mean or, or rude and be like, oh, you don't know that yet. Well, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, I just wish people were more accepting of, of other people's of other people being on the journey and not being there quite yet because they could help them out. I think and it, it, that's a really, really, really good point. We don't, we, you know, to go back to the analogy of the mountain, when you're, I think about this quite a lot because I'm obsessed with Everest. Now, bear with me. <laughs> this is a weird <laughs> analogy. But so <laughs> if you know anything about Mount Everest, you'll know that there's a section um to get to, to get to the top is very very expensive and really really hard because you're literally dying on your way up but um, yeah. <laughs> um there's a there before there was a limit on people going up there was this huge boom mm. of tour groups taking people who really shouldn't be going up, up. Yeah, and yeah. that kind of has continued a little bit but um there's been a cut uh, sort of more regulations on it and I think that was because of the 96 when so many so many people died um and there tends to be a bottleneck around the Hillary step and mm-hmm. people have been people who die at the top um are sometimes sometimes people walk past them to get to the top um wow because it costs so much money and you have one chance and you have this t- quick turnaround time that you you know once you get to the top you have to come straight back and if you're yeah. if if you've spent a hundred thousand pounds or whatever to get to the top and there's someone on the side wait you know dying basically do you help them out to get to the top or maybe you just stay with them and help them get back down or do you get to the top of the mountain because then you can have your picture and plant your flag at the top and you know whatever probably Instagram story it nowadays (laughs) (laughs) so and and I always think about that that in this world there are humans who care more about getting to the top of Everest than they do about helping someone who's dying Um, and I think like having that analogy in your head when you're thinking about, you know, some of the things that may seem like they're much, much smaller, which, you know, is to say people who are on a journey to understanding their feminism or understanding the patriarchy and and dealing with their own internalised misogyny or homophobia or whatever. I think that's a good analogy for it. Don't step over them. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. so that you can win the whatever (laughs) the enlightenment yeah prize (laughs) it's it's really sad how how much of that is is being shared or perpetuated by social media it just it's I don't know it just makes me sad (laughs) what they're kind of shaming others well shaming others and also um just doing things for the picture while Mm. yeah while other people are literally lying next to you dying you still do it for the picture you still do it because you want to show people that you've done it and that things just become things become meaningless and I felt I felt that a little bit when I had when I had my travel blog I was so concerned with taking good photos I do enjoy photography but 
it ruined some of my trips because I remember I went to Budapest and uh, I had some collaborations there. So I needed to take some pictures and I wanted to take some pictures of the city too. But it was really foggy and cold and rainy for three days. And it really bothered me because it didn't fit into my feed. Because mm-hmm. my Instagram feed was always very colorful and bright. And all those gray, dark, moody colors didn't fit into my feed. So I never posted anything from that trip. And that's just so ridiculous. If I think back to that, I'm just like, you're so stupid. (laughs) So incredibly stupid. You had a great time in Budapest. I was there with two friends too. And we had such a great time, but I never posted anything about it because it didn't fit into my color scheme, my Instagram feed. And just thinking about that now just makes me cringe. I'm like, who, who are you? (laughs) I think that there'll be a lot of people listening, myself included. So I'm not shaming anyone who will really, really relate to that. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I still really enjoy planning out my feed and I enjoy it when things match and look pretty, but just the fact that I went to Budapest and that was the first time I went to Budapest and I didn't look back on the, or I wasn't happy uh, about how the trip turned out because my pictures weren't pretty. It's just that I think that was the point where I realized that I can never be a blogger. because (laughs) First of all, I'm a perfectionist. So if something like that happens, I'm just not going to post it. And all the collaborations are just not going to be shared ever. And I'm not getting any money because it just doesn't work for me. (laughs) And also that I want my experiences to be more important than what I share online. And even now, I still share a lot online. I share a lot of very private stuff as well. But I always know or I always reflect on what I'm sharing, why I'm sharing it. And if I only do that because I know a picture will get a lot of likes or if I do it because I think I can actually reach someone with it or, or say something important with it or or maybe just because I had fun on that day and I liked it <laughs> because that's okay too. I'm not, I'm not making money with what I'm doing online so I can just share whatever I want really and I shouldn't care too much about it but <laughs> I, I still do. I'm not going to lie. I still do because I just enjoy it when the feed looks good. Yeah. I think that's an important point though because I, I also – just genuinely like I really get a kick out of yeah the curation yeah. I like the process of that yeah it just it, it I don't know it speaks to my Virgo perfectionist brain yeah. and yeah and I find it is part of my creativity actually so uh, yeah I'm I'm totally on board with it but I suppose yeah what you're saying about w- when you're in Budapest in a place that you'd never been before having a really really great time to then feel almost paralyzed not to share pictures of a place that you've enjoyed just purely because the color scheme didn't match (laughs) is just yeah but it's really it's really common I've done it I've done it yeah 100% I've done it (laughs) I know I know that probably most bloggers do it Mm -hmm. but it's just not the kind of life I want it for myself and like I said, I did all of that when I was still a student, so it never became my full-time job or occupation. So I always had a 
a different thing to do and a different thing to care about. But once I had reached the point where it started to become somewhat of a job, I just had to, I just had to stop because yeah, because I realized I, I, I don't want this to turn into a career. I don't mm. want that. I want to do, I, I do, I still want to write. And I am currently working as a freelance blog writer. So I write for other people, but I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to do it on my own website and I don't want to do it. Um, I don't want to build a brand around myself. I think that was my main issue. I still want to write and I still want to share stuff online, but I don't want to turn myself into a brand. And that's what was happening. Mm -hmm. And that's when I kind of, yeah, just felt the need to to put an end <laughs> to my misery. <laughs> no, but, no, but just I I just uh before I deleted my account and started a new one, I actually stopped sharing all the travel blogger stuff and yeah, I just I shared remember. personal stuff again. And uh my likes went down and my engagement went down and even though I, I didn't use bots for the last five months uh, of my account and it still grew bigger. Um but once I started sharing more personal stuff, so I um at that time, I got together with my now fiance. So exciting. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But that was the time when we got together and I started sharing more about us and our relationship and just the, the stuff like being in a long distance relationship because he's from Arizona and I'm, I'm from Austria. So uh, I, I started sharing stuff like that. And obviously the people that followed me weren't interested in that. So mm. my engagement went down and it all just felt it just felt strange to me sharing these personal things with a big audience of almost uh, 30K, I think, 27 point something I think I had before I deleted it. It, it just didn't feel good, mm. for the lack of a better word. It, it just yeah. didn't feel right. And and then I, I sat down and asked myself, all right, what do you want to do? Like, Do you want to – do you want to go back to – writing about travel and do you want to turn this into something because obviously it's it takes a lot of time and energy and 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 if you don't want this to be your job then and if you're not having fun with it why do it I just it it didn't feel right anymore for me so I gave it all up <laughs> it's good but then yeah. you started something so much more fulfilling and yeah. more in tune with who you are. So do you want to tell us a little bit about um, where you're at now, what you're sharing, what you're doing? So my main focus currently is a completely different project, actually. Um, it's called Writing Wilderness. Um, and I am currently writing – or no, there it started. <laughs> <laughs> So I already said I'm a teacher and I enjoy teaching people and I also enjoy writing. So I just thought, why not put the two together, join them and create something with that? And since I like nature as well, I, I thought I could put that in too. And now I created a little community um, that's called Writing Wilderness, community of, of writers and artists and lots of creative people that enjoy 
being outdoors and writing about nature. And I um, got to teach a couple of workshops in, in Austria, which is wonderful. And it just brings me so much joy. I love it so much. Um, just standing in front of a group of people and teaching them about something I'm so passionate about, about creative writing is one of my favorite things I've ever done. Um, I had, we had three workshops in Vienna in a beautiful park this summer. So we were sitting outside in the grass for six hours writing together as a group. Uh, that was so wonderful. And yeah, and I'm currently writing an ebook with, um, lots of exercises, um, to practice and foster creative writing at home and also a little bit of, of, an insight into uh, how creative writing can um, or how it's good for your mental health, how writing things down is kind of like therapy. You know, it's mm -hmm. very, very similar. I mean, you don't obviously when you when you have a mental illness, you still need a, a real therapist. But but writing things down and talking about it with someone, they're very similar in a way that you just get things out of your head. And that helps a lot with a lot of things. So it's not just creative writing, but it's a little bit of, of therapy as well. And I'm doing a lot of research about that right now and writing it all down and putting it all together. Um, and hopefully uh, the ebook will come out this year. It was supposed to come out in October, but then <laughs> Brandon went home and I moved back to my mom's place and it was all very hectic. So yeah. I'm I'm a little behind, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get it done as fast as I can. That's and... okay. We forgive you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> so where can everybody find you online and follow all your projects? And you... when can they, how will they hear about when your ebook comes out? Uh, well, if, you, if you're interested in the whole Writing Wilderness project, just follow uh, Writing Wilderness on Instagram and also on Facebook if you prefer to use Facebook. Um, we also have a Facebook group that's a little small still, but there are people where I encourage people to share their texts and poems and stuff online. We also have a writer of the month every month. And I think it's Ella's your friend, right? Yeah. She, yeah, yeah. She was a, she was our writer of the month. So I, remember, I yeah. think in August. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, so we have a, a really great writer of the month every month and I do interviews with them. Um, it's all about getting together and, and sharing something that we're passionate about, which is writing for the people in that community. And so, yeah, that's writing wilderness. And then if you're interested in my, personal stories you can follow me on instagram as well my name on instagram my instagram handle is ardent wanderous um i'm mainly sharing stuff about my journey to arizona right now because that's what i spend most of my time doing just gathering documents for my visa interview because i'm about to move there that's why i'm so behind on the ebook as well <laughs> so much work just, they want to know so much about you yeah, and your life and your relationship oh god i'm glad when this is over yeah I bet. <laughs> not long not long yeah i actually have my interview next week so i'm gonna be done in a week 
Oh my goodness, that's so exciting. Or I don't know, well, I don't know when you're going to post this online. It's, I probably already have the visa by the time people listen yeah, to this. Yeah, but you definitely will. As of right now, I have my interview with the American Embassy next week. And I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you yeah. so, so, so much for being a part of the podcast. I really Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. And you can find me at Lucy Lucraft everywhere. But I mostly hang out on Instagram. You can find old episodes of What She Said over at lucylucraft.com where you'll also find me chatting about all things blogging, travel, vegan life and zero waste living too. Lastly, I know everybody asks this and it's a total pain in the ass, but please think about leaving the show a rating and review. It makes a huge difference to getting the show out to new listeners and for every review you leave, I'll donate £2 to charity. So that's £1 for you and £1 from me. The Chosen Charity changes each month, so listen out for it in the intro each week. Thanks for listening.